You're listening to another podcast on the Cloud Avengers podcast channel. My name is Richard Murrell, recording from Amsterdam as part of the CloudStack Collaboration Conference. I'm joined by Trigvi from uh, Green Cloud in Iceland. Whereabouts in Iceland are you? Reykjavik? Or? Yeah, we're based in Reykjavik. Okay. Um, so I've spent quite a bit of time in the Nordics. I like Iceland a lot. I like Sweden. I like Finland. I've got an Icelandic family out there. It's, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Talk to me about Green Cloud. Yeah, so GreenCloud is a cloud service company that uh, provides a cloud service that has uh, based on renewable energy. So we're using the unique advantage that Iceland has to have the our thermal 100%. Power, yeah. yeah, geothermal and hydroelectric power. Wow. So we use that to power the servers. How many servers are we talking about? Uh, it's. I mean, we are not uh, on hyperscale yet, but we have a few racks in two uh, data centers in Iceland. So we're we're based in both of the tier three data centers currently cool. in Iceland. What's a typical type of customer that you have? Uh, well, we have a large uh, set of different customers, but we have like, we're quite big, big like in the uh, academic scene. So for instance, we have a ag agreement with Surfnet here in the Netherlands to connect into the university. So students and teachers so on. Cool. And then we have a lot of startups, of course. And, uh, and then uh, companies or individuals that uh, think about the green green factor because uh, people maybe not realize this but IT is becoming one of the most polluting industries in the world it's one of the most energy consuming industries yeah. in the whole world isn't it yeah, yeah. We, we have a lot of customers who have massive compute power yeah and I think now the responsibility of the CIO isn't just for his infrastructure and his footprint it's also for the cost of keeping those disks spinning yeah. but also for the, the carbon capture side yeah, of it absolutely. as well so one thing that we did to make this easy for our customers is that we make uh, the APIs that we offer AWS compatible. Right. So it makes it easy to shift over. So basically we offer easy migration path. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all the also gain all the tool sets that's available for AWS. Mm -hmm. So how long has the company been founded now? It was founded in the year, uh, year 2010, so it's uh, three and a half years old. Still a baby for company. Yeah, but we actually launched the cloud publicly last year only. Right. Now, I find when traveling in the Nordics, um, I spent a lot of time working with Ixenos in Helsinki in Finland uh, and spending time in Sweden and also Norway. There's a lot of people who are very switched on, very aware of what cloud actually means to them as a business differentiator, what it means to their organization from a tech refresh perspective. Do you think in Iceland that there is a, a core competency now for IT companies to start using the cloud more than they have before? Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, changing. I mean, I think uh, Europe in general is way behind the U.S. in terms of cloud adoption. And uh, I think Iceland is, is catching up. And, and we're actually now partnering with like one of the big IT companies in Iceland that you know, just watched what we were doing and basically want to partner and resell our service. So, so that's a good thing. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the things that we have focused on also is to make the cloud to be easy, easy to use, that mm -hmm. is. So, I mean, we focused on making our user interface easy, easy, and basically th that you just can one click to start a server and, and so on, and, and also have the power of the APIs. So when you start to think about building your self-service catalogs, you know, I think usability becomes very key as yeah, well because absolutely. you, you want to be able to differentiate to your customer between you and AWS, but also if you make it easy for the customer, you reduce your back-end support costs. Yeah, absolutely, and, and one thing that we noticed from the beginning is that I mean, the cloud services have not been very good at making them easy to use. No, I they mean, haven't. Yeah. They haven't at all. And I think different people had different ideas what cloud meant. Yeah. 
Um, it was either your virtualization stack and almost a catalog where people would come and consume specific non-flexible items on this elastic infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, when they were building their first clouds or providers building their first clouds, and I saw this a lot throughout Europe and also in the US, they were essentially going to VMware with the checkbook yeah, exactly. and saying, okay, we want cloud yeah, because exactly. he's got one. We yeah. want one because he's got one. Exactly. And, and then wondering why customers weren't turning up to start building on those platforms because it, what, they were building stuff that people didn't want to consume. Yeah, exactly. And I think, do you think that using open source as you have done to build Green Cloud, do you think that that enables you now to be able to be um, more flexible? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and it's really uh, amazing to see like the growth in the cloud, cloud stack community. I mean, this uh, conference is um, something like two or three times bigger than last year. And, uh, and we were actually one of the first committers or contributors to the Apache Cloud Stack uh, project before it was Apache Cloud Stack. So, so we, back in 2010, we were one of the first uh, committers outside of Citrix. And I think that is uh, key uh, to, to be able to use uh, this uh, open source technology today because it opens up for a lot of you know, flexibility and new features that are being added all the time. So keeping the topic around open source, um I'm old school open source. Uh, this is the 17th year yeah. that I've taken a paycheck from working with Linux and open source. Um, which sometimes when I walk into the offices of Red Hat and see the average age of 25, 26, I feel incredibly old. Yeah. Old enough to be their fathers. Um, back in the day, I think a lot of people thought open source because it was free. The concept of free, yeah. you know, monetarily free. Therefore, it had lesser worth. It's come full circle, hasn't it? It really has because people now understand that actually what it means is as a development framework enables you to get to base quicker, yeah. enables you to fail faster and more often if you need to, but the ability to own your own ambitions now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's also about learning. Yeah, it's, it is I mean, very much so. so. I mean, f one thing about this conference is, of course, just to get to know the people in the community. And sure. And yeah, so that's important as well. I was doing a podcast with Mark Hinkle from Citrix earlier on, and Mark comes from a traditional data center background um, 15, 16 years ago, and he understands the components that you need to try and build these architectures. And it's the same with Red Hat. We grew up in the, in, in the world of LAMP stacks, people going out and building these Apache stacks to, to go and push their, their web content. Yeah. But now more than ever, do you find that you have to talk to customers about enablement because all of a sudden they're having to, to trust you more to be able to move and transition those workloads. Yeah. So we, uh, what we have been seeing a lot is that some of our customers, they really like our public cloud and public cloud offering, but they have some uh, specific requirements such as technical or legal that they have data that they can move sure. out of the building and stuff like that. So what we are doing actually is like packaging our software together to like a, be an installable form in a private or hybrid cloud environment. Right. So so we're using technologies like uh, Chef and Vagrant uh, DevOps tools to automate basically the whole process of installing this. And I think also that enables you to be even more attractive to organizations who have large amounts of former undergraduates working there who have Chef and Puppet skills or yeah. Python Ruby skills. And you're talking the same language. Yeah, exactly. And I think the CIO sometimes feels that very often cloud is making him sleep very uneasy at night. Yeah. But I think more often when you start working with ISVs in the open source space, because you can get under the hood and you can physically look at the source code yeah. and you can compile it and you can make sure that you understand how the forums work and how the upstream works, it enables you to have a better story to tell to customers, yeah. doesn't it? Exactly. Right, so moving forward, what's next for Green Cloud? 
So we are uh, working on some, I mean, we, like I mentioned, we have some projects that we are implementing private clouds for some customers. So we want to package our software in a, in a better form. And uh, then we have a data center coming up. Uh, we are adding a location in the US, so uh, on the West Coast, mm-hmm. because Iceland can pretty much cover uh, latency-wise uh, the East Coast of the US and, and Europe. I was going to ask, what is the latency to, the, to Iceland? Uh, from uh, just, the UK. Just say, say from the UK, from yeah, Europe. Yeah, it's about 40 milliseconds round trip. So it's, it's quite quick. Yeah, it is. It is, uh, it is shorter away than many people think. Yeah, I remember a friend a friend had a data center in Greenland and I was really shocked when he started talking about the, the, the latency was so low. Yeah. I just assumed because, you know, it's so far away, an SSH packet would take 23,000 yeah. milliseconds, exactly. but what do I know? So do you find very much working off the green angle, the eco angle, that yeah. you're you're very different to how most companies operate? Because they're, they're selling capacity, aren't they? They're selling, yeah, exactly. they're selling the, the ability to spin up um, hours, days, but you're actually coming up with a green angle to yeah. it. I think it's uh, when we started back in 2010, uh, virtually nobody was talking about green, and especially green in terms of clouds. Nobody was mentioning that. But well, I think they were, but they, would, they, were, they weren't being nice about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but now there's much more like uh, m- many people and, and companies talking about this, like Google had a conference on green and greening the internet and stuff like that. So, so I think it's uh, raising more years. I think in the end, it's also going to be a very tax-efficient way of doing it as well. I, yeah. think, I think there'll be... I can't see with the European Union angle on cloud that at some point they won't make it more tax efficient for people to work with green providers. Yeah, you may, and that that, that may grow your company. Who knows? You might be acquired by Amazon. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Trickly, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for making time. Thank you. <laughs>